You are listening to Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. Because no good podcast starts with a salad. Hello, lover. Hello, darling. Welcome back, guys. We're back with more fun stuff for you. <laughs> Switching up our intro. What? The post intro. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a week. Busy. Yeah. Very busy. As usual. But it's warming up outside, so I'm pretty excited Thank about that. God. Motorcycle season. Oh, yeah. I already got, what, two good rides in? Three. Three? I yeah. think. Well, I've had one, one was more. really, really cold. Well, only on the way home. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no. So we tried to go to Starve Rock. If you guys are familiar, if you're not from around here, you might not be. But it's, it's you know the murderous ride place and uh, <laughs> murderous place. <laughs> some people died. It wasn't really. Yeah. So uh, there were I'm some murders sorry, there as actually, well. <laughs> several murders there, and then they just found a dead body there, like what eight months ago, and then we've had three or four bodies of uh, not bodies but people who just fell off the cliff since the start of this season and died yeah i'm thinking that the person who left somebody on the side of the bank is pushing people off cliffs that is possible because i i mean i understand that accidents can happen but i mean it's happening a lot it's happening a little too often (laughs) (laughs) a lot a lot but uh yeah so we, we tried to take that ride out there it was like 54 55 it's pretty decent for riding a bike but with the wind, it was a pretty windy day. It Super windy. Just pushed it a little too hard. So we ended up taking a detour, having some wings. It was mm, a good time. It was. For our spirit, we are doing what what did you what did you bring to us? A bottle of crown. Just regular crown? Just regular crown. crown. Yeah. It's my favorite whiskey on God's Great Earth. It's good stuff. And uh I, I got my classe azul tequila that I'm drinking over here. That's that stuff I told you guys way too much about, so I'm going to keep it short on my topic <laughs> or my uh, my spirit this time. And there's an episode, I forget which one it was, but we go into a good 20-minute uh, Hey, you know what? It was, uh, it was worth it. It, it was, was a good bottle. It was fun. I do have a, a little bit of a fun pre-topic. I tried to find it again on Facebook. I'm sure you guys have probably seen it. They were advertising for it like non-freaking-stop. Then when I was looking for it to like actually take notes... It's nowhere to be found, and I can't Google it or anything. I can't find it, but I just wanted to kind of toss it out there. They are bringing a new, like, futuristic hospital concept to the Chicagoland area, and it's already in about six major cities. And based on what I've seen so far, I think it could revolutionize the medical industry. Maybe not for emergency rooms, because that's too unpredictable, but for like your regular checkups, going to your doctor, uh, it's it's changing the whole like. And by the way, this is not an advertisement, as you can tell, because I don't even remember the name of the company. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was just really cool because you walk in, they don't even have a waiting room, and they have this really high tech, like full body biometric scanner thing. 
it just standing on it, it's already capturing your weight and your temperature just by looking at it. Then you stick your hand in one hole and grab a rod <laughs> with the other hand. <laughs> and while you're standing there, I mean, it does like essentially a full body screen workup on so many different metrics of your health. But then as soon as you're done with that, and I believe it even does facial recognition if you're coming back. So you don't even have to like fill out the paperwork like you normally do. You go straight to your doctor who's already waiting for you. And all of the results go up on this giant like full wall big screen. And it's all touch panel computer monitor. So there's nothing like hidden from you that your doctor is just kind of giving you interpretations. Like you look at it with your doctor. He goes over everything. You can click on it. Like it's kind of like an app on your phone. You can click on it. It like zooms in, tells you all about like what these different levels mean. And then for, I feel like we're in the fifth element. It's crazy. And they, <laughs> they do a blood testing, but they have their own in-house blood tests. So you literally like prick your finger, take the blood, whatever. Oh, and they have this gun that it just shoots this red like laser thing down your arm so they can see exactly where your veins are while they're putting the needle in. So there's no guessing. Mm, so no it's more just, breaking through the opposite side of your vein and, and hitting multiple. Like it makes your veins pop out like 3D on your arm. It was super cool. Wow. Then they send your blood work while you're still looking over the results from the, uh, you know, biometric scan thing. And this it's actually doing like the, uh, what do you, EKG is that the heart one it does measure your does like a full EKG with just you standing there it's so all the top of the line everything within 12 minutes your blood results are back no more waiting yeah that's normally at least a day I mean sometimes weeks and then when it's all said and done I mean the whole treatment it's been a while since you've been to the doctor it's like 24 hours there's plenty of blood tests (laughs) you had to wait a week for stuff anyway I don't like doctors, but I like this concept. This is, it takes all the guessing out. It takes the, you know, just the mystery. Everything's just instant right then and there. And it's not like a traditional doctor. You like develop a plan, kind of like if you've ever used one of those workout apps on your phone and it, it kind of adapts to what you need. It like syncs to my fitness pal. Right. So you tell them like, okay, I want to lose 30 pounds, whatever. Then they Develop a whole plan for you. You have an app on your phone that links directly to the doctor, the office, the whole the whole system. So he continues to monitor your health even when you're not at the office. So if it is something important that you guys are working on, it, they're able to know you're, you know, like you can put your thumb on the phone. And it'll like do your heart rate and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. They continue to measure all this stuff even when you're not there. So if they're giving you like a new medicine and they have to monitor how it goes, Rather than come back once a week and it's a guessing game, they're seeing it the whole time. That's awesome. And they can change the you know medicine that they prescribe to you right to the Walgreens or wherever you pick it up from, it, like middle of the setup. So they can do like two days at a time or three days at a time, monitor it, see how it's working, add to it, take away for your next pickup. It's incredible. And, and everything is this like package. So you, you essentially pay for this like six month you know, workout, like routine type thing and, and whatever it is, whether you're lowering your cholesterol or losing weight or, you know, prepping for something. I I am blown away. It's the new medical world and I love it. And there's no copays, no waiting rooms. It's, it's a completely different world. That sounds insane. 
I'm excited. We are in the future. We are in Hopes. so many ways. <laughs> but that was super exciting. I had to bring that. Do you have any pre-topic stuff for us? You know, there was a couple things that I was thinking about touching on, but I do have a kind of lengthy topic, so I think I'm going to keep it uh We'll jump right in, baby simple. cakes. Oh, baby cakes. I like it. <laughs> um, Well, I decided to jump back into serial killers because I haven't really- It's been so long. Tackled one in a while. I know. What the heck? And um, We count on you for this. I know. Death and murder, intrigue, mystery. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had- my fair share of mystery. Is it aliens this time? No aliens. By the way, you did a like murder on Valentine's Day. Yeah. It wasn't a serial killer, I guess. Yeah, it was. So. That was an unsolved mystery. True. Well, I guess yeah. Well, it that was involved a, murder. Yeah, <laughs> it had murder. So this one's it solved. Had drama. We get closure. We do. Fantastic. We'll get into it. You all said right, it's gonna right, take right. forever. Good <laughs> God, are you done yet? Hey, now. <laughs> Is this a long story? <laughs> well, he says that. <laughs> So I dove into Arthur Shawcross this week. He's also known as the Gen C River Killer. Ooh, I think I might know this one. I'm going to tell everybody now to hold on to your butts to... I already was. You know, this has got a lot of sensitive material. So if killing... If it involves a serial killer, (laughs) one would think that it might. But uh, if... This one also touches on children being hurt, uh, and pretty, it's got a lot of sensitive topics. So yeah, so I'm just giving you guys a warning. Skip to Brandon's half if you aren't, you know, not not feeling that. But <laughs> I mean, it, now it's kind of weird if you are feeling that. I mean, <laughs> you know what that. I mean. Like if <laughs> that's exactly what I was looking for today. It's a, let's listen Shut to some you know child I mean. murders. <laughs> I'm just giving everybody enough of a warning before I jump into horrifying facts. All right. We got that out of the way. All right. Now let's get to some gruesome gore, blood, and guts. Oh, my. Murder. (laughs) So what I'm going- Red Rob. Red Rob. Red Rob. Red Rob. Red Rob. So Arthur- (laughs) was born June 6th, 1945. And there's a lot of con- conflicting stories from his childhood. We do know for fact that he was the oldest of four children in his family. He was a perpetual bedwetter in his youth. And when he was younger, he was tested for his IQ. And he came out at 86, which was pretty low, and it kind of signified that he was a little bit slower than his classmates. He was having such a hard time in school and bullied so bad that by 1960, around age 15, he dropped out and ran away from home. We know those as facts. Now, Arthur, in all of his uh, interviews now, he, he kind of dives into his childhood, and this is what he claims his childhood was. The home life was so difficult because he was sexually abused constantly by his mother, claiming that she regularly performed fellatio on him and would randomly shove objects violently into his anus. Yeah. I mean, in one interview, he says that uh, she shoved a broom into his rectum 
Um, Shit, I'd run away too. Yeah. Which is like, you know, we've already got these random signs with the bedwetting and then uh, child abuse on top of that. Like, it's quite the startup. The brewing storm. Yes. A lot of people who've looked into this, since the mother is so like, why would he say these things about me? They're like, well, in the medical records, there's really no record of him ever having like external signs of these things. And he always is like, well, you think my mom would take me to the hospital and be like, I jammed a broom up my son's butt. That is Can you look point. at it? So it's kind of like, is he, is crazy, is he crazy and making yeah, stuff up? Or did she really put him through hell? Or was it aliens? I mean, they are known for putting things uh, up people's throats. Yeah. I was bringing it back from the Valentine's Day episode, oh. but it is a valid question. Oh, no, no aliens. I know you really want some. You better do an alien topic soon. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome to. Uh, then I can't guess that it's aliens. It'll just be aliens. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but I will say that in a couple of the documentaries that I did watch, they have actual footage from when he was put under hypnotherapy. And during these sessions, what? I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt, but this is like legitimately how they find out it's aliens. No, the, I mean. Hypnotherapists <laughs> go in deep and they're like, I'm on a giant metal object. Yeah, except for he's me. like, my mom is grabbing my penis. Oh, that's different. Yeah. So like they're. That's not aliens at all. You know, they're coming through in these hypnotic states. So, you know, you kind of tend to lean towards like, yeah, maybe. I guess. I guess it depends on how much clout you actually give to hypnosis, especially since it's confirming what he's already saying is the case. And we have no way of knowing whether or not he's actually under hypnosis. This is why it's so hard with this. Like, like we know a lot of the facts, but we also don't know a lot of the facts. So it's, it's... it was kind of hard to watch, though. I'm highly skeptical of this, but had it been aliens, I'd have been 100% on board. Uh, yeah, I know. Totally. By 21, uh, Arthur was drafted into the army, and he actually was married when he was drafted. And at this time, since he got drafted, he decided that he was going to divorce his wife and give up all rights to their 18-month-old son. And did one tour in Vietnam. He wanted to be single for them Vietnamese girls or <laughs> what? Like, like he was like, you know what? I got drafted. Divorce. Peace. Peace. See you, son. Like probably best in the long run for the kid. But he probably know. has four more in Vietnam. No. <laughs> the thing is, uh, when he was stationed, he was stationed as an armorer. So he was in charge of cleaning and repairing weapons for... Everybody else who was out doing stuff. All right. He sat in like a room and did that. His records show that that's all he did. And he never left base, basically. Like he just stayed cleaned, fixed, did his stuff. He claims, however, that the entire time that he was there, he would go out on one man adventures or not adventures but like in search for missions missions. yeah one man missions and while he was out he would be doing extreme 
things to retain information and he was praised highly for the information that he brought back he's created his own missions went out there and started torturing people and you know and he brags about things like you will tell me with a crisis he found two women with machetes and so to get the information out of them he killed one of the women and then started eating their bare flesh in front of them and then they gave them all of the information he needed and then he killed the other one or he decapitated random people and put them on their heads on sticks and he says that he had a kill count of 39 people through with one tour but his higher-ups were like (laughs) (laughs) he never left base so was he sneaking out at night but no like he claims that he would come back and report to all of them and they'd be like you son of a bitch you're crazy but we love you like (laughs) (laughs) well okay so either he's crazy and making up this whole world or he's crazy and actually fucking doing that shit at night and then like coming back and telling people shit and they're like what do you mean you clean our socks (laughs) like either way he's crazy but yeah, or, or, or... He was on secret missions. There were secret missions that they never actually filed. He was doing all this shit, and the army's like, what are you talking about? We have no record of this. This never happened. Yeah. And you weren't supposed to fucking tell people. Uh, well, then uh, it kind of also makes it a little bit harder to believe him, because in everything, like all of his interviews where he sits down with FBI and like all this stuff, he says he cannot remember a single name of anyone that he was deployed with. I mean... Not a higher up. I can't not hold that a, against them. No, like the military, you build a pretty close bond with at least one or two. Right. And but, then within like six months, I'd forget all of their names. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I've literally had people in previous jobs like leave our team. And then the very next meeting, I was like, so what? What was that one? He used to sit like over... What what was his name? You are yeah. the worst. <laughs> At this point, the number of people I remember from previous teams are limited to the people that I still talk to on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You're not good with names. At all. Nope. <laughs> After like seven to nine months, they literally just cease to exist altogether. In my defense, we had a rule in high school that was like, if you missed one day, you were sick. If you missed two days... You were really sick? You were really sick, but like three days you were dead. <laughs> and then like four days you just didn't exist. I don't get it. I don't either. It was a different, there was a different rules. <laughs> I don't remember what they <laughs> like were. None of this makes sense Did to we, my no, brain. No, it was like all my friends, we had this thing, but I forget who they were or what the rules were. So now I don't remember any of it. All right. Cool. Well. <laughs> Which is crazy because the other side of my memory is extraordinary. We can like go back to reminiscing and yeah, i can tell so you what people were wearing and like exactly what was going on this, like works in your brain but two totally different types of memory for sure well when arthur gets challenged about any of these things uh he simply in all of his interviews just looks at them and is like look you asked a question i gave an answer if you don't like it uh, too bad but okay so when he was repeatedly asked because i'm sure he was were the answers consistent or was he making it up on the fly every time? Because that would be hard to remember. I mean, a couple things changed. Like one of the times that it was said that uh, he was having regular relations with his sister. And then it was that his mom and his aunt were the ones doing the um, 
abusing and i meant the military stuff but okay that too i mean the military stuff is just like he's got a bunch of stories about all 39 kills and like out but are they the same stories when he retells them i don't know did he create a fantasy world that he's living in? Did he think, I, like, the, uh, legit, I mean, it's, in it's, this, this case, is we why, don't know. <laughs> why I kind of have to break it down right now is to, like, this is what we It's like know. when you're watching one of those movies and they, you know, at first you're like, these things are happening. Then they start to make you think the person is actually crazy and they're not happening. Then you're like, wait, are they really happening? Yes. Oh, my God. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> good, good story. Yeah, yeah. You chose a good topic. Yeah, this is, it's crazy. I it's tell people that well, they'll be on the edge coaster. of their seat. And, and this is, tr- <laughs> I'm literally on the edge of my seat. Well, I'm glad to get you here. Mostly because if I lean back, my chair goes. <laughs> but I am excited. I got to hear more. So anyways, like I said, he he just basically, if you don't believe what he says, well, too bad. Like, take it as it is. Uh, Aside from eating people and killing children, I kind of like this guy so far. uh, (laughs) I mean, he can wind a tail. (laughs) And also... I like that part too, unless it's the truth. One thing that I I am very skeptical about is when I watch... You like uh, everything he said so far? Well, everything he says, but they say that he had a low IQ. But I kind of wonder if he did or if he just wanted to be perceived as having a low IQ so he I can could manipulate think of people. That did that. Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> so, anyways, moving one on. <laughs> Once he returned from his tour, he remarried. Uh, he had a second wife, and that was Linda. However, she started getting concerned. Uh, just about every day, just little things kept giving warning signs, such as he began to start fires all the time. And the military psychiatrist said that he was getting sexual gratification from all of the fires that he was lighting. So we now have the bedwetting, the fire start, but this is way later in life. So. Yeah, I mean, he's 22. But it is one of the well, signs, 21, but more so in kids. But yeah. Right. The, the crimes just kept escalating. And he was very quickly arrested for arson and burglary and did 22 months out of a five-year sentence for said arson and burglary. However, he was released early for good behavior and he helped a prison guard get saved from a riot. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, like, not horrible, but (laughs) like he blew some shit up and stole some stuff, you know? We're not horrible at this point. Besides the tour and killing 39 people and like if chopping off heads. <laughs> like we don't know. I mean, we don't even know. We just don't know. It's really weird. But- this kind of reminds me of the guy from, uh, was it A.J. Holmes or what, the Chicago mm-hmm. mansion thing? Where like, he yeah. just told us about all these murders. Exactly. Some of them were true. Some of them were like they found, like, verifiably not possible. Yeah, true. some of them were like, <laughs> I'm alive and well. He's like, ah, you'll never know. <laughs> So while he was in prison, his wife and him ended up, you know, they got a divorce because she was like, I married this guy and this is crazy. I mean, this is all happening over uh, literally a year because he went in the, to the military at 2021. He's at 22. He's <laughs> going to prison. So getting married in that little short time, she was like, you know what? Peace out, guys. I'm done with this. And as soon as he got out. He moved to Watertown, and he remarried to his third wife. Dang, this guy's a 
Like I'm serious. Ladies, like man, he's though. all over the place. A lot of these serial killers are really good at getting girls. Well, you know, I th- it's like uh, they're good at uh, persuasion. They're like covering right. up who they am enough to. You'd think they just use that and not kill people, right? <laughs> Uh, they moved to Watertown, and he held down a job with the waterworks for their town for a good amount of time. But on Labor Day weekend, a little girl named Karen Ann Hill, who was in town for the holiday, went missing. And they set off a search immediately because they were in town and on holiday, and they started with the local river because they feared that she had drowned. She was found in the river under the local bridge. However, she was not drowned. Her body had been covered with stones. The top torso was covered with heavy stones. And once it was moved, once they were moved, they found that she had her mouth and throat stuffed with dirt and leaves, and she had been raped and then suffocated to death. The locals had all seen Arthur with the girl in the days before walking around town interacting with everybody and so they, wait the, the they're hanging out like yeah he like bought her ice cream and stuff like he was just like a local in the town who like n- was come here children i'll buy yeah, you an ice like, cream but that's not odd I mean, why, why is that okay i mean it, it was a different time all right i guess seems odd how uh, old was she uh, I think she was eight. Eight, yeah. So yeah. like somebody else's eight-year-old, and then the twenty-somethings. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, it seems odd even back then, but I didn't. I, yeah. I wasn't. Around, I mean, it was so. just like a clean-cut guy. It was like here, like here's some ice cream. Like oh, me and my wife live here. Talking. To I guess it from does make town. it a little better. He's married, so yeah. people don't really freak out about it. Not well. good. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank God. Well, they they kind of honed in on him. Because of all of the times that they had seen him interacting with the little girl. And they arrested him. Just, oh, okay. Like, so, like, because they saw him with him earlier. Yeah, and they were like, hey, yeah. you know, this is what's up. They When they had arrested him, there was also another body that was found September 5th. So, Labor Day weekend is the first weekend of September. And a few days after that, they found the body of Jack Blake, who had been missing since April 7th of 1972 he was age 10 they found his body he also had been raped and suffocated and his genitals had been eaten wow yeah okay that's uh well since wow the the way that they found the boy in the woods was almost identical to what they found had happened to the little girl They had him in custody for the little girl, but they wanted him to admit to the boy. So they offered him a plea deal because they wanted to give the family comfort in knowing what actually happened and whatnot. Well, he did give them the information and he did get put in jail for Karen, the little girl. But because of the plea deal... He only got 25 years for his two murders, rapes, corpse cannibalism. mutilation, cannibalism, all of these Fuck. things. He only got 25 years for it. And nobody killed him in prison? Nope. Come uh, on, prisoners. This, You're letting us down. <laughs> this story this would have been we... a lot better and a lot shorter had he died in right. prison. This is your job, prisoners. 
Yeah, well, you there know There are what? certain things you don't let slide. His his wife left him after this. Weird. Yeah. And third wife, fourth wife? Third this wife. I think it's third. I think we're on three. Um doesn't she understand till death do us part? There are counts. vows that we're <laughs> I think that it like null and voids the marriage vows. You just gotta make sure the vows are very specific. You eat, you children. eat children, kill, murder, yes, maim. Exactly. Right. Um we need to rewrite our vows. Now for the children part, just for murder. Jesus. Potential murder, like the you know. In case I become a serial killer. You know I'll stand by you. Eighteen and older, you know. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Well, this is crazy because he only served 15 years, technically 14 and a few months of his sentence. Good behavior. Because the jail staff all said he was no longer dangerous and he was fit to rejoin society, even though all the psychologists kept urging that he was a complete psychopath. Right. We should listen to the guards that get paid. Right? Like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? Why not listen to the people who are, you know, went to school for... Oh, but that was a long time, but they didn't really respect psychology back then. Now we're talking still 60s, 70s? No, we're at 87 when he got out. So April of 87. Now um, we're we're moving closer to enlightenment, I suppose. I think that's around when the FBI started, like, really acknowledging, Acknowledging, like... But we're still skeptical. I think it was still considered, like, what they call it, like the... Pseudoscience. Pseudoscience, and it was, like, the gay man science or something, because they were not exactly progressive yeah in the, uh, no, homosexual all acceptance terrified of anything slightly abnormal so they labeled it gay okay cool well gay also means happy i mean i don't yeah. think that that's what they meant okay <laughs> but he did he was released in april of 1987 and upon release he moved in with his girlfriend Dang, this guy. I don't He's got get it. game. <laughs> Above all it. else, this guy's got game. No. He, like, just got out of prison and has a girlfriend. Ah, like. He's just boom, 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 like, with them ladies. I- <laughs> Is that pun intended? Or are you, are you oh. <laughs> now, I say that he moved in with his new girlfriend. However, they moved a whole lot. His PO had to move him from town to town to town because no town wanted a child rapist killer this dude living there. Couldn't even be accepted by a freaking town and still got a girl. Yep. For you single men out there, <laughs> I want you to think about this. What are you doing wrong? This guy is being exiled from whole towns. He just got out of prison for potential. Well, I mean, stop I guess sending it's, unsolicited like, dick pics. Do right? something different. Treat a woman with some respect. I mean, like finesse. Like for real. Seriously, just for, like people used to know how to talk to each other. Get off the internet. Go up to a girl in real life. Gently tap her on the shoulder with with one <laughs> finger and ask permission first nowadays. But just, like, tell her she's beautiful, buy her flowers, take her out to dinner, like, date. Come on, people. Write her for prison? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, like I said, they moved from town to town to town, and they couldn't stay. Like, every town was like, fuck this, get out, go, I'm done, no. Well, the PO finally put them in Rochester, New York, 
in a like a transient hotel kind of like a you can stay by the week you know pay by the day or week or whatever but the PO just failed to mention to the local authorities his background all right all right soon after this him and his girlfriend were married and they bought a house in town and they started a new life together so what in the how did they go the dude hasn't had a job in 15 years did he marry himself a sugar mama like how'd they buy a house (laughs) i don't know what they haven't look they can't even live in a town so he didn't get a job they got exiled all over the place he's been in prison for 15 years and they're buying houses they are and they're starting this beautiful life together and oh i totally forgot He's also juggling his side girl who lived what? in the nearby town. I'm not as condoning well. cheating on your spouse, but see, this guy's got multiple girlfriends and he just got out of prison for horrific crimes. Horrible. Horrific. I don't get it. By 1988, he was very busy. <laughs> he also. Has- I want to study this guy's brain. He also had a friend, June Scott, who lived with him and his wife, who had fallen on hard times. But he also spent a whole lot of time in the red light district of Rochester. <laughs> and he had a whole Is that similar to the red light district lot of, of girlfriends that he took out yeah, for the that's evening. That's different. But that's also expensive. How does yes. he have money for this, too? I know he did he did find work in that town. I did not get the the exact job that he worked in in town, but he did find work. And I I actually I might have written it down a little further on in my notes. But um he actually he knew most of the women in the red light district and they, you know, recognized him and were comfortable around him. And this helped him in his um future escapades very greatly to say the least now now that he's moved here he now shifts his focus onto prostitutes and um transients that you know is a little less a little less noticeable than taking out a child yeah to say the least and his very first victim when he came to town was a 27 year old dorothy blackburn she was killed march 18th and she was found in the Genesee River on the 24th. She had been strangled to death and had bites of flesh out of her groin area. Now when... Now, for those of you men that I told to take notes, stop taking notes. (laughs) Don't do that, please. (laughs) Not how to get the girl. Now, Arthur, when he was later interviewed about this, he claims that Dorothy had bit him during fellatio and then belittled him, so he got mad and strangled her. Well, I so. mean, you got to be careful with the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. But right after this happened, he went right back to life as usual, prowling the red light under the name of Mitch, and while driving his good pseudonym. girlfriend's like car Mitch. to be less suspicious. Yeah. After about Wait, a- girlfriend's car? Yeah. Not the wife's car. Okay. The girlfriend's car. Right. Yeah. Smart. I know there's a lot of women 
to keep track of with this, this guy. dude. Seriously. But after about four months of a cool down. Do you have a picture of him? What's this guy look like? I do. Is he a good looking guy? I don't believe he is. And especially not in his older age. Definitely not in his older. What did he look like when he was young? Hey, he was a good looking guy when he was young. I don't think he was like great looking. He not wasn't like ugly. He was able walk to walk out of prison to have a girlfriend pretty. I mean, definitely not his old age. <laughs> he did not age like a fine wine. But he was a pretty decent looking guy in his youth. That makes sense. All right. Well. Well, no, now there's another picture of him with a stash and he kind of looks like Stephen Avery. <laughs> That's not as good of a... <laughs> is that... Yeah. Yeah. So how is that also him? Yeah, maybe a little weight fluctuation. He gets his weight under control when he's in prison. Because, uh, yeah, I saw another picture of him that looked much less. Probably around the time he was in the army when he looked less like a creeper. Yeah. Anywho, yeah. So this guy went from not so good looking to okay at best looking to really, really, really not good looking. What did the women look like, though? I guess there's... No, like they're like... Good looking women. Really? Yeah. I was I was very like, all right. All right. But after four months post kill, he lost his job and this sent him on a killing spree. Killing. Yeah, I'd call it a spree. Sorry, I got distracted by looking up his wives. All right. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> killing spree. <laughs> We're recording an episode here. I'm blown away by this. <laughs> So, June 9th, he was unable to get an erection when he was with Anna Stefan, who was a prostitute that he had regular relations with, and he had just lost his job, and he was feeling inadequate, and he couldn't get it up, and apparently he says that she mocked him because of this, and mixed with the anger of losing his job and everything, he started beating her and then strangled her and drowned her in the river and once she passed on he just let her body float down the stream that's pretty fucked up yeah so that was july 9th by july 29th he would kill again this time dorothy keeler who was a friend who he had been seeing on the side of his wife and his girlfriend (laughs) After spending the day by the riverside, she got mad at him and started screaming. And she said that she would tell the other woman that he had been cheating on them and that he had raped her. Obviously upset, he then beat her with a branch and killed her. He spent the rest of the day next to the body and then came back to revisit the corpse. And at this point, he decided that he was going to remove her head and throw it into the river. She is beautiful, by the way. Which one? The one you're talking about now, Dorothy? Mm. Well, there was two Dorothys. Oh. But this Dorothy is like 59. The other Dorothy is younger. Yeah, not 59. All right, well. I'm not way. wearing glasses and you're like. <laughs> Showing pictures across the room. I'm <laughs> just anyways. baffled by this guy's game. It's it's crazy. So, like I said, she he came back, took her head off of her body, which he said was easy because she was decomposing, and he goes, I just picked it up and threw her. He's like, yeah, it was super easy, and I just thought it'd 
be harder to identify. All right. And that's his friend and we'll say quote unquote lover. Yeah. Yeah. An extra girlfriend on top of his girlfriend and wife. By September 29th, he kills Patricia Ives. After picking her up to have sex with, he suffocated her and left her body under a pile of construction metal scraps. He was just kind of like, meh. He actually says that it's super easy to strangle a woman. Uh, He did it with one hand. One hand. And he says he would just put his thumb right at the base of their throat. It's a pressure point. Just have to wait four minutes. Four minutes seems like tiring. an eternity, doesn't right? it? Especially if you're, ugh. must anyway. have strong hands. Strong hands like bull. Uh, <laughs> so that's on the twenty. What about the psychological aspect of strangling people? Is that also easy? That's in, like so that's, hard. It's your friend and somebody who you've done things with. Yeah, sexually speaking. I mean, obviously, he's. Not stable. We're talking like... I mean, this is beyond not stable, but somehow stable enough to get like multiple girls to be like, yeah, I want to do that. Well, I mean, he is paying most of these women. Not his friend, girlfriend, or wife. I mean, yeah, okay. Fair enough. These are the three. Like the the prostitutes don't count. But the wife and the girlfriend are alive and have no idea this is going on. But what I'm saying, like, how is he sane enough for those girls to be like, yeah, this seems like a good catch. Yeah, I don't know. And yet... Clearly not stable. Don't know about that one. But October 23rd, he killed June Scott. And if you remember earlier when I said that they had a, him and his wife had a friend staying with them because she had fallen on hard times. Yeah. This is June Scott. She apparently had been stealing from them. And when he found out, it sent him into a fucking rage. It's never okay to steal. No, but still. Seems like a very severe well, he, reaction. He's, <laughs> I mean, he suffocated her and then he cut her open from her clavicle to her vagina and then consumed her reproductive organs and vulva. So, I mean, like. And that was because she stole. Yeah, he was pissed. And hungry. Apparently. Come yeah. on, gross. I feel like a Snickers commercial. Oh my lord. Okay. Wow. Snickers will never sponsor us. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, Now, obviously, the bodies are like piling up at this point. And by November 5th, he picked up Marie Welch and strangled her, killed her, and he just pushed her out of the car and left her in the brush on the side of the road. And with all of the bodies piling up, the police were like, we've got a whole lot of suffocated women showing up all over our town. I wonder if they're related. I think they are. So they actually started stationing police all over the red light. Some of them were posing as pimps. Some of them were just... Um, you know, looking like they're customers, but really they're pulling up and telling the girls like, hey, be safe. Know who your clients are. Make sure that you're traveling in Which pairs. unfortunately they did know the client right. well. But they didn't know this at right. the time. This is like that one serial killer that like got 
he worked at the school or his mom worked at the school so he was able to like only get in the car with people you know it was a people they know and actually most people who are murdered are murdered by people they know so that's terrible advice only get in the car with people you don't know so the police were basically everywhere on the red light and they were undercover and they had kind of found out that uh they thought that the the serial killer was actually hanging out at the local Dunkin' Donuts on the Strip. So they were all hanging out there. And they were correct. He was. He would spend time there. And he actually brags to um, the FBI and anybody who will interview him. Because they were looking for, like, a scumbag, like, serial killer. He didn't look like that. He goes, I had shiny shoes. I was dressed like them. They were giving me information on what they were looking for and that they were running the plates for people who were suspicious and had things in their background. And fuck, dude, that's <laughs> he was talking to them. They were feeding him information after he's already gone to prison. Well, they don't know that. Uh, that's true. He did kind of know that he was on their radar, but he still managed to coast under it because also the cops kept saying don't go with anyone you don't know or trust and the girls knew him so they were still going with him also he was driving his girlfriend's car so nothing's popping up on the plates because well she wasn't wanted for anything so the cops really didn't slow him down with all their presence if anything they helped him That's what sucks is like (laughs) it was somebody they knew. Yeah. They were like warning them the wrong things. Yeah. Well, by. So like I was saying, only get in the car with strangers, people. If they're complete and total strangers. I don't know if any of this is The probability of getting killed is apparently much higher. Well, by. Statistically speaking, of course. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, By November 11th. He killed Frances Brown by strangulation and left her in the embankment. And by November 15th, he killed Kimberly Logan, strangulation as well. Also, don't be a prostitute. Yeah, it it doesn't end up well for any of these girls. Um, By November 25th, Emily Gibson was not a prostitute. However, she was just warming up in his car. They were having a cup of coffee and... Apparently, they did mutual oral sex. She was not a prostitute. Um, she was a I, random girl I who think, was like, I think warm that up. she might have been a prostitute. It doesn't like clearly say like she was in the breakdown of all this, but she had to, she wanted to warm up in his car, uh-huh. but he wasn't paying her for sex. He was just like, here's some coffee. He We're going to talk. Some coffee and warmth. Yeah. Well, they had mutual oral sex, apparently. But Arthur claimed that she tried to steal his wallet, so he strangled her and dumped her body in Wayne County, the next county over, to get the police off his trail. You know. Smart. Mm, Not really. By December 15th, Darlene Trippy, who was, her body was found in the woods. And uh, December 17th, June Cicero, after killing her, He would leave her body. He actually heaved her body off of the bridge into the river. And a few days later, he returned to cut up her genitals and consume them. Is this the one from the the TV show? No. 
Where the guy was throwing them off the bridge and they like set up all the cops on the bridge. Mm, no, that was uh, not it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not off the top of my head, can I remember? Now, on, uh, let's see, December of 1989, F- uh, Felicia Steffens went missing. And her pants were found by the river with her ID in the pocket still. So the police took a chopper up to look for the body. When they were in the air, they spotted a body. It was not Felicia's. It was actually June Cicero. Too bad for Arthur. He was not too far from this. He actually had pulled his car over while driving, climbed out the passenger side door, and was peeing out the door as the chopper went by. Oh, no. And they were like, this looks suspicious as fuck. This is how I would be caught if I was a serial (laughs) killer doing something like this. And so he actually, the theory from the police when they, they saw this and sent patrols over was that he was returning to um, the body again. However, he claims that it was just bad luck. He actually forget forgot June's body was over there completely. And he definitely sounds like how I'm getting caught <laughs> if I'm ever a serial killer. You're like, oh shit, I had to take a piss. I totally forgot that's where I buried the body. Whoopsie. Well, the police came. It's a lot to keep track of. Seriously. At this point, like, he's balls deep. But the police came and asked him some questions, and he was actually more than happy to talk to them. And they were like, why don't you come down the station? We're just going to look into a couple things. Like, it's kind of low-key chill, whatever. And he was like, oh, gladly. Like, I'm a cocky asshole. I talk to you guys at Dunkin' Donuts all the time. I ain't got shit to hide. Well, when he went there and they ran a full background check, they started to realize started to realize like (laughs) hey this guy was just in jail for murdering two children by suffocation and rape and mutilated genitals yeah i'm pretty sure we got our guy guys it only took about 14 15 hours to get his confession and he claims that he confessed everything because he just got tired of the police coming at him with different theories you guys are idiots. You're not even close. Let me tell you how this happened. <laughs> well, it's crazy because he, they actually came up with all the pictures of the missing women from this area. And he shuffles through them and is like, me, no, 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 me, 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 no, no, no. It's like, wow. He wrote out his confession. It was almost 80 pages long with all of the last information that had to be given, including the location to Maria and Darlene, who had not been found yet. See, this guy's got a pretty damn good memory. For real. Like, he still remembered all of it, even though later on he's going to claim that he doesn't remember any of it. Hmm. Plausible. (laughs) I don't think so. Like I said, though, he says that he would, like, black out and stuff. So he did try to go for insanity when it went to trial. However, even though he claimed that his PTSD from the war and his abuse in childhood would get him this plea for insanity, to get the insanity plea, you actually have to not understand what you're doing is wrong. To cover up a murder... Yep, that's the problem. ...is clearly not insane. 
I mean, you're insane. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I know. But... It's so weird to say, like, you're not considered insane because you're fucking insane. However. But it makes sense, though, for the insanity plea to work or for the mental illness or you know, right. mental. Like, if, if you're unaware that what you're doing is wrong, you would have no reason to hide what you did. And then you would get caught very quickly. So you can't murder 75 people and then be like. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm crazy. I didn't know that was bad. Yeah. I just hid the bodies, buried them. Yeah. No, it didn't work out so good for him. And, you know, and the FBI profilers came through and they were like, look, we did the background. Everything he says about the PTSD from war, he didn't leave the bunker. Yeah. Like, unless he <laughs> well, was we looked into missions. his childhood abuse and we found that it was unfounded. And and they're kind of like all over the place. Sometimes it's the sister, sometimes it's the aunt, sometimes it's the mother. You know, we we can't say that these things are founded. So they couldn't get they didn't get away with it. He ended up receiving 250 years in prison plus another life sentence. And that came from elizabeth gibson who he dropped the body in a county over so that was a whole nother trial than the women that they found from the red light so really didn't work out because they got a whole nother life sentence on top of it but it was crazy to watch so many interviews he was always changing the reason for the why he killed them he had all of these reasons and then he goes into a great deal about how well, actually, he found out that one of the women had HIV, so what he did was he went and killed all the women that he slept with so it would stop the spread of HIV, but he knew he was going to die, so he wanted to, to to hurry the death along by eating the body parts of them to, to speed up the HIV, and, you know, every time that they go into it, wow, he's got, like, a whole new reason why he killed these women, so it's kind of all over the map it's crazy it is also bonkers he will not talk about the two children that he murdered if any interviewer brings it up he says this interview's done so he can rationalize all of the other stuff and not the children right yeah yeah i'm pretty happy to report that he did die on november 10th 2008 because he had leg pain which actually turned into cardiac arrest, and he is no longer. Did he have the hiv? No. No. Nope. Unfounded. Unfounded. <laughs> <laughs> so this scumbag is no longer with us. But there is a bunch of crazy ass documentaries where he uh, talks about each thing, and he is. He says he does not regret it. He does have n- no remorse. It's nuts. Yeah, I really thought I heard about this one. I might have heard about it in like a different, maybe like a single case where they went more like into one case instead of, you know, an overview of all the cases. Because yeah. it, it sounds familiar, but none of that sounded familiar. That was insane. Wow. Yeah. Told you to hold on to your butt. Yeah, that, that was that was uh that was intense. I'm gonna I'm gonna lighten things up a little bit for us. Holla. And I, I'm most likely not even really going to have you guys questioning your own existence in this particular episode. So. Well, that's good because my brain can use a rest right. after all of the books I read and videos and woo. I'm going with more like the bizarre like oddity, just uh, kind of a really cool thing that I stumbled upon and not through stumble upon I because miss it that no longer app. exists. I tried Mixer. 
I, it's like the new version of stumble upon they did make it better since the last few times i tried to use it i'm not 100 percent on this but i think that my mixer app said that they're shutting the app down oh no <laughs> i finally started to like it i hope I, that's not true i'm not 100 percent. it might have been my other i spent hours organizing upon. it too. i know I you can like, categorize no. and put everything everywhere and i finally got the link to my old stumble upon so it brought over all those yeah, you know, categories. It, it might be my uh i hope it's not this. the other one because i have good. three things that are kind of like stumble upon but one of them i opened up and it was like but now that 2020 has arrived, we're sorry to inform you that we're no longer going to do anything with this. And I was uh, like, oh. That's sad. But okay, so while it still existed, I did come across this pretty cool story, topic, I guess. And it's going to make those who are similar to our age here feel old. Hey, <laughs> I don't want to feel old. I, so Atari, I mean, that's our childhood. Like, we all played, you know... Boop. Boop. <laughs> yeah, Asteroid Boop. and... Pong. Pong. I mean, that was technically before the Atari, but yes, we did play. Eh. All Mario. right. All right. It was its own thing. But uh, so this is actually really, really interesting. While these games don't seem that old, and they've been around essentially 70s, 80s, and then even going into the late 80s to early 90s, what's absolutely crazy about the Atari is that the technology that they were using to create these games back then in many ways was, I want to say more advanced, but perhaps the word more creative is, is a better way to express it than video games that are created today. And let me explain. They had such limited memory on those cartridges Everything was being produced essentially live as you played the game in order to make a game appear larger than what those cartridges were capable of storing. And hopefully I'm explaining this in a way that you guys can understand because I'm okay with computers, but this is even above and beyond what I understand. We now have video game archaeologists. What? Yes. And it sounds crazy. <laughs> that, that's why I was like, like it's going to make us sound Pushing old. the dust off of the games. Well, like, that's mm. actually going to come up too. But no, so these cartridges from the 70s and 80s are deteriorating faster than we are able to go in and kind of analyze the game. So we so actually like have. Joe's book room from you? They have like special rooms that are perfect humidified. Oh no, they do absolutely. Games. Oh yeah. yeah, and like this is what I'm picturing is like walking up to like this glass case where they're like, you too much humidity, it wipes it clean. You hundred percent. And this, this is you're not exaggerating at all. So they have entire teams that are dedicating their entire lives to taking all of these old games and digitally restoring them onto modern computers. Okay. But in there, they're like, so that way, in these, where all these like databases come from, if you've ever seen like the game emulators, so you can go back and play the old games, they're bringing these games back to life by bringing all this data into modern day computers. But what's crazy about it is our modern day programmers today. Yeah, so they're, they're backing up all of these games. Sorry, we actually had a distraction here. Just I'm going to throw this in here. Uh, we left. We came back. So hopefully if I don't... Now we're back. Exactly where I <laughs> left off. That is why. 
But essentially, yeah. So they're taking all of these old games, they're digitally recreating them so that they are capable of being restored or, or for like held long term, so they could be studied. But what was crazy about this is because there was such limited data, the way they developed these games was very different than the way we develop games today. And the programmers of today, that's what I was saying, really don't understand many of the techniques that were used in the programming just 30, or, you know, 20, 40, 50 years ago. It's absolutely crazy. I feel like these are appropriate for our topic. They sure are. <laughs> There's a pair of pixelated sunglasses <laughs> sitting on the table in front of me for some reason. Like from Minecraft pixelation? That's pretty cool. Sorry, I was excited. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... <laughs> I, I, so, specifically, there is this game, Entombed, for the Atari. The game is Entombed? The game is called Entombed. Okay. I thought something was Entombed I in the game. I got that, but it's called Entombed. Okay, the name fun. of the game is Entombed. It's a maze game, and you essentially went through these playable mazes... And these zombies would chase your character. All right. And I don't uh, remember this one. I I, I don't I don't think that I actually played this one either. It was a fairly popular game. But what's amazing about this is during their archaeological discovery, they came across a bit of code that they don't understand. They cannot figure out how this game and, and this might sound easier than you think, but it's significantly harder than you realize is able to make playable mazes on demand. So it can essentially go on forever. It can't store that much information. So as the game is played, it's generating new mazes. And to do that, it's essentially storing like bit zero, one zero, you know, binary code. It's essentially either creating a wall or a path in if you want to like kind of like look at it like a Tetris piece, mm-hmm. it's making these blocks either ones or zeros where the blocks are either made up of walls or Spaces. paths. Mm-hmm. The problem is if it's automatically generating these and it generates it incorrectly, then it, the maze will not be playable. Mm-hmm. So if it makes too many walls, the player can't get through the right. walls. Okay. And obviously, if it makes too many openings, and it's just then easy, it's just... you're just walking through. So, and it's hard to describe this exactly in the way that they did, and it's especially hard without any graphics to show you guys while I'm doing this. But I want you to understand: while it might seem simple, it is so extraordinarily difficult that they have an entire team of advanced programmers trying to crack this bit of code to figure out how this game. Back in the 70s, 80s, you know, early 80s, was able to generate these mazes in such a way that every single time the game is played, the mazes are playable. So they're like different. So you can't like memorize like left, right, 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 left, left, right. Each time you play it, it's a different maze. Oh, okay. And each time the game generates playable mazes, but during the production of the game, one of the developers who they were able to contact was like, this is a problem we came across. While we were developing the game, we kept running across, you know, this glitches where the game would create these unplayable mazes and it would obviously not be a good game to, to sell. So his co-developer is the one who came up with this tiny patch of code 
that solved this problem. It was the Stonehenge of video games. They tried to contact this co-developer. He's still, well, he was still alive when this article was written. Except he refuses to answer or call back. They just, they cannot get a hold of this guy. And the the co-developer that they did talk to said both of them were racking their brains for months trying to figure out the solution to this problem. His co-developer was completely inebriated on drugs, out of his mind, <laughs> and called him up saying, like, I solved the problem, wrote the code, and this guy has no idea what how he did it, what? Like how he solved the problem. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. possible that the other guy doesn't even know how he did it. Tell me it was on DMT and the aliens told him Dude, how to do it. Dude, I have no idea. I was, I was reading this article. I was just baffled, blown away. And uh, it, it was really cool. And this is might might have been the part where I got, you know, kind of sidetracked by our our happenstances here. But they're, they're like, there's an entire team of individuals that are dedicating their lives to going back and digging through this old code and restoring these games and re putting them onto modern computers so that we don't lose this information. And they're actually going against time. So there's like... Uh, GoFundMe type stuff out there to try to speed this process up so we don't end up losing this information that is potentially invaluable and, and we'll never get it again. And it's so crazy that, that like that's only 50 years ago. Like most you think archaeology, you think like a thousand years ago, yeah. 10,000 years ago. I think like they, they should have their own department in the Smithsonian right, right. now. Right. Like, and we're doing what? that with tech. That's how fast technology produces. And when I heard that, it just baffled me. I'm like, man, we are so far advanced today that the original like code developers of just 50 years ago are essentially all but a foreign language. Oh, wow. It is madness. And, and these people, I mean, many of them, you know, they could have been younger. They're still alive. But many of them are dying off and that information will be lost with them forever. So in the same way that we look back at an old painting or an old, you know, book and we are old poetry and we have to decipher what the artist was trying to say, we're having to do that with code that is only 50 years old, 60 years old. It is madness. And it, just for fun, while reading this article, I also did stumble across. Have you ever heard the the conspiracy out there that Atari buried like I don't know fifteen thousand or all of those, some ungodly amount of games in the in nineteen eighty three? Oh yeah, uh, blah, 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 blah. it was a specific game that was buried, and you they can't were like, it out? Um, "Was it?" Oh, I know this one too. Oh, because uh, there's only like five or. Some, I don't know, like not a lot of copies left. So if you have it, holy crap, I know this. Damn it. It was. Come on. Oh, my inner nerd is dying. So the big one was E.T. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there actually were more. There was, there was quite a few different uh, times that this, this has occurred, but. E.T. was the big game. They buried oh, 700,000 cartridges of various titles. And then a large portion of that ended up being that E.T. game that they were hiding because it was just such a terrible game that was developed. <laughs> well, it's been a conspiracy for years and years and years. 
And back when I first heard this, it was still a conspiracy. Nobody knew if it was true or not. It had been talked about all through my high school years, all that kind of stuff. Uh, back in 2014, it, it turns out they did dig up the games and they were actually able to save 1,300 copies that they were able to restore, many of which were unplayable. So, uh, many of which they were able to restore, many of which were also unplayable, but they auctioned them off and made a ton of money. Before they they dug this up, I, well, recently I watched a documentary or an interview of somebody who still had the E.T. game. He was apparently on the team that developed it. And he kept his copy when they buried everything. And he's like, it's not a legend. Like, they buried it. And I thought it was absolutely crazy that they were just like, no one will ever know about this. It was so bad. It's so funny. (laughs) But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Because I I hadn't, over the years, I had never heard that they did actually prove that that was a true story. It was not just a conspiracy. People were looking for that, like a buried treasure, by the way. Oh, you know what? Uh, there were and people I, that were going on like lifelong expeditions looking I for I might have bears. put a lot of effort towards that because E.T. was my jam growing up. Like me and my grandpa used to sit and look up at the stars and we'd talk about where E.T. was traveling to. Like, oh, he's going to the moon. So, oh, he's going here. I can probably find a kind of like an emulated version of that game. We'll I would to love try to it see out, it. Yeah. Because I, I, <laughs> I, love I do it. that for fun. But, yeah, I've never looked for it. Now that I know that it's out there, I can probably find it. But that was super fun. I'm just absolutely blown away by the fact that just, you know, back to 70s, 80s, we're we're talking, we have an archaeological team going back and digging through computer technology. That's how fast that stuff is. That's nuts. But I will end this uh, episode off. I promised you guys the story about how I was inadvertently a suspect in the Boston Boston Marathon bombing. And it all started with a guerrilla marketing campaign that my buddy and I put together for advertisement for a company that at the time we were were in development of. And... uh, we're just trying to get some publicity out there, get our name out there, have people like, what is this company? The, the company that we were developing was called Blanket Family Defense. And the marketing campaign that I had come up with was something that I had dreamed up for years. And there was different ways that I could put it into uh, fruition. fruition. But essentially, it, it all came down to a website that I put out there it was it could happen to all of dot us and obviously if you read that out, it's like it could happen to all of us now this was a disaster preparation company that we were developing so <laughs> it was a a play on like look a natural disaster could happen a terrorist attack could happen a pandemic which we're kind of going through right now could happen like all these different types of things could happen are you prepared for it? But the marketing campaign, it's what's referred to as a guerrilla marketing campaign. We put up a website with a countdown. And the countdown was a countdown to a countdown. It was May 4th at 321. But in order for you to know that it was a countdown to a countdown to catch that, I had to give it a zip code. Because without a zip code, you you don't know where the countdown what is the coming time down zone to. The time would be. zone. 
So I, I gave it a Chicago zip code. And what we did is we ended up looking up a homeless shelter that I, in my mind, the story that we were creating, this, this crazy guy who lived at a homeless shelter created this website and we put a cryptic code on there that you had to solve. It was a cipher. And if you solve the cipher, wasn't it at Webdings? It was it. Well, that was one of the codes was it was Webdings and it was a simple cipher. We wanted it to be able to be solved. Otherwise, it would just sit out there forever. We wanted it to take just long enough that the timer would be going and somebody would be able to figure it out. So this countdown's going on. The cipher's up there. The, the first cipher was pretty simple. It was just a clue to the next cipher that we had prepped and ready to go. And <laughs> we, we start... Uh, like planting seeds for this story. And the story was there's this crazy guy at the bar and he's got this cocktail napkin and he's writing out these webding cipher thing on the cop cocktail napkin. And the bartender, you know, like serves him his drink and he's watching him and people are looking at this guy in the bar and they're like, this guy's so crazy. What's he doing? And he ends up like crumpling up the napkin, throwing it down in frustration, leaving the bar and somebody goes over to the bartender that ends up telling the story. It's like, man, what was that guy doing? Like, how drunk was he, right? Like, that guy was talking mad, talking to himself, telling us about some code he found on the internet. And the bartender then turns to the, the inquisitive individual and he says, I, that's his first drink. I poured him one drink. He never even finished it. Like, he took a sip and he was just obsessed with that code. So you open up the napkin and it just is this scribbled out code and it's got this website. It could happen to all of dot us, right? So we tell this story to various people and we put it on above top secret and we put it on Reddit. And apparently we didn't know this. We didn't read the terms and conditions clearly enough on above top secret. But those guys are Whoops. fucking geniuses. <laughs> they didn't even solve the code they solved through my old screen name. They like tracked me down and figured out what was going on. They figured out we were starting a disaster preparation company in about half an hour. These with, like, people 50 are people. so smart. So smart. And, and I was counting on Reddit, but Above Top Secret really took it to the next level. So they solved it. And then it gets even better. Oh. Because they solved it. <laughs> <laughs> because they solved it and then we got in trouble they threatened uh to like well, sue us okay. for uh, advertising in. oh that's right they threatened to sue trouble. us for advertising through their website so they deleted the posts <laughs> everything above top secret is a conspiracy website <laughs> so when they delete our posts they just test people through the roof. They're like, the government's involved. This is gonna <laughs> and they're freaking the fuck out about the fact that so I'm like wait we just got busted in 30 minutes. It killed our whole campaign. And then it got scratched from existence, which actually made it a bigger conspiracy. Well, it makes its way to Reddit and 4chan. And these guys are all trying to like actually solve the cipher. And by this point, we cleared the path that led directly to us the uh, above top secret used. So other than this one guy who kept jumping on Reddit and saying, guys, this is already solved. We figured it out in 30 <laughs> minutes. It's these guys. This, everybody just ignored him. 
And then all these other people from Above Side Secret were like, no, it's a conspiracy. They like shut they down the whole down site. They down the whole like, link. They're going to oh shut down gosh. Reddit, right? <laughs> so all this is good. So then, unfortunately, this is completely unrelated. This is almost five, six days into this oh. marketing campaign. The Boston Marathon bombing happens. And the world goes silent. We forget about the marketing campaign. Like, we're just focused on watching the news, coming together, just praying for the families, praying for the people involved. It was horrible. It was tragic. And then the next day, I turned back to our guerrilla marketing campaign. And, you know, we could search. So there's all these keywords out there that pop up all over the internet YouTube and Twitter and all this. Google searches. And. All of a sudden, now people are like forming absolutely ridiculous conspiracies about this website. They're saying it went up the day of the Boston bombing. Now, you could prove that false. There's actually a website you can go to to look at history of the Internet. You can go back to what any website looked like any day of your entire life. You can go back to what AOL looked like in 1992. Oh, I would like to do that. It's fun. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, you can go back and look at websites, what they used to look like, the history of the website. And it it was verifiably false, but it doesn't matter. Truth is a matter of perception. And their perception was the people who put this website up, us, were directly involved with the Boston bombing. Then, check this out, the time countdown that was at a homeless shelter in Chicago. To go with our whole story, 54321 May 4th, 321, they linked to the Chicago Police Marathon, which, by the way, it wasn't even accurate. They're like, look, the address they used is on the path of this. The police are going to be there at that specific moment. A bomb's going to go off. None of it made sense. None of it actually lined up, but it didn't matter. A simple Google search would have proved this theory false, but it didn't matter because people started freaking the fuck out. The guy with the laptop (laughs) walking around. This guy's walking around with his whole fucking laptop outside. Not his cell phone. Not his. He's walking around with his whole laptop talking about like all these weird things. Sobbing. And he sobs about our marketing campaign saying how, like, we're horrible people and how could we do this? And and granted, in his defense, if we really did bomb people, yeah, that's horrible. That's horrible. But the links did not make sense. to do with any of it. We were up for weeks. We actually had that domain for, I believe, like a month or two before the Boston bombing. We had the actual website countdown weeks up before or days at least. It was obviously unrelated unless we're psychic or actually involved, which is the unfortunate. It would have made more sense for them to be like, it was up early, but they had to have known about this for some weird reason. Regardless, enough is enough. People are freaking out. It's beca- Now it's because of us, even though it has nothing to do with us. I decide we have to pull the plug. It's actually going incredibly well in terms of marketing because we went from getting like hundreds of views a day to like now it's thousands of views a day to after this uh event the the boston marathon bombing it was going the timer like yeah you've seen the the little time click click counter it was going to a hundred thousand and then breaking and then starting over and the whole website was getting shut down due to too much traffic and then it would come back up and just blow up again they actually 
upgraded our website like capacity temporarily for free because we were hitting so much traffic and they were trying to get us to increase that. It was madness, like just the amount of people that were going to this. In terms of marketing, it would have been phenomenal, but obviously I don't want people really thinking we're part of this. Spread terror. Right, you're right. So I I decided we're going to pull it down, so I type up this message. All of this is, you can Google it and find it, by the way, although I will warn you, don't go to it on a regular PC. I ended up well, I was working at uh I won't say the name of the company I was working at a school years ago after this whole thing went down I looked up the website just to kind of be like hey what's going on with it now and there was so much traffic still going to the website hackers had put a virus on it and I took out all of the computers at the school oops they had to shut down the 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 college I was a recruiter that they had to shut it down to fix all the computers because this virus like just instantly took over everything. Porn was popping up on every website in the whole school. It was, it, I was looking at all, at first it was mine and I quick, like I was like trying to shut it down quickly. Then I shut down the computer and then I watched the computer next to me do it. And then the one over there and then the one over there. Hackers, it was, <laughs> I don't like, I don't know how they do it, it's but it's insane. I was just like, doo, 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 doo. I have no idea what caused that. Thankfully, our, even though it was a technical school, our IT department wasn't smart enough to track it back to my computer. So that we pretty much got the day off of work, which was awesome. But anyway, uh, moving on, <laughs> moving on the article. I basically just said like, Hey, this is just a guerrilla marketing campaign. We're just doing this to try to throw out business. We put this up way before this, nor would we have ever tried to capitalize on such an event this is why we're pulling the plug right now we're just telling you guys this is why it's up there blah 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 i kid you not the (laughs) fbi leaves a voicemail (laughs) on my phone that night now what's amazing about this is a they left me a voicemail saying like hey you know you shoot us a call it's the fbi blah blah can i just say hundreds of people that this is not the best way to wake your wife up by saying hey honey the FBI left me this voicemail. Listen. I disagree. I'd love to be woken up like that. But <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the uh Oh, damn it. What was that? So Yeah, they leave in the voicemail. Uh, I call them back apparently hundreds and hundreds of people in our area were calling and reporting this website. And at first they were kind of like that doesn't seem related. All right, we'll look into it. Now, I am blown away. And apparently we'll never have the FBI as a sponsor either. But these guys, and granted, they probably weren't taking it super seriously. We probably weren't under the scope of the like cyber division, at least not back then. But for the love of God, they knew nothing, nothing about computers. They went off the address that we put on the website, like when you register the website, and we put that home. So they were going to go. I mean, I go- do feel like when you click the terms and conditions, it probably says, like, I swear that the information gives I was it. a little concerned that we were going to get ourselves <laughs> into some real trouble by, like, doing this. But so they go to the homeless shelter, and they're going to take all their poor computers away to do, like, forensic analysis on them. I'm like, they were clearly not involved. Like, literally anybody could put any, any address they want in there. And it was, uh, yeah, I, we, we probably, I won't say who actually created that website because there probably were some crimes committed in the production of the website inadvertently, not intentionally, but yeah, we probably broke some terms and conditions bullshit. But regardless, I was, they did not know who the fuck we were until I said who we were. And then they were like, oh, hey, we really want to thank you 
for, you know, handling this the way you did. You didn't have to. We eventually might have found you. <laughs> they didn't say that, but they're like, we really, you know, we really appreciate that. They had no idea who the fuck we were. They thanked us. They did say the words, and this one struck in my brain forever. Mm-hmm. You are most likely off the list of suspected terrorists. And I was like, should I fly anytime in the future? <laughs> and he's like, uh, I wouldn't, unless you absolutely have to in the near future. And I was like, well, shit. And I was afraid to fly to this day. Like, I was like, holy fuck. But, uh, yeah, so then what's awesome about the internet and conspiracy theorists, and, and I'm not, like, I myself am a conspiracy theorist. I like to consider myself one that also has a filter, but these guys, it didn't matter that we came out and said who we were. It didn't matter, because the other issue is this company that we developed that we were doing, it never really made it, like, that it far. It off. So... We, like, put the EIN number. We got, like, the business started. Like, technically, it was a registered business. It actually went to a full-blown corporation. But it never showed up on any lists for, like, the amount of revenue that it generated. Like, it never it never actually did anything. It was all in production. And then we pulled the plug on it. We ended up doing something else. And they thought that, like, it was just a shell. It was all fake. And that if you look deeper, it wasn't a real business. So then they're like... No, these guys really are the terrorists or they really are the government. The government was the terrorist and the government tried to cover it up with this, you know, fake company that they put out there and all this stuff. Oh, my God. It is so deep. Like you can Google this stuff and look at it for hours and hours and hours and hours and never come to an end. It is absolutely hilarious and fascinating. The amount of theories that these people are able to come to by connecting nothing to nothing with equations that make absolutely no sense whatsoever and then concluding like these bizarre off the wall things that they consider to be absolute fact it should be this event should be studied as a social experiment because legitimately i mean it, 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 was, it was very fascinating. It was absolutely so many different levels. And we haven't intrigued. flown since. So. And we have not yet flown. So I'm really intrigued as to how that goes. But uh, another person that was involved in this that was also on the list with me, he, he did fly and he was okay. He was so. cleared. So. He was cleared. Um, yeah, I was considered the, the mastermind behind this one. So I'm, I'm a little... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be our uh, five year wedding anniversary. We go to fly and you're going to get a full yeah, cavity. Full blown cavity <laughs> like I knew that would come back to bite me. So, yeah, that was uh, that was that. Yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. This is a long episode. Oh, no, I always forget. It's not an hour and 94 minutes. It's uh, 94 minutes. But you'll have less than that because I'm going to edit and all that jazz. But. Hey, if you guys enjoyed the episode, which I really hope you did, if you happen to be listening on an Apple device, please, please go to the iTunes, rate the episode, let us know how much you love us. Hopefully you do love us if you're going to do that. Give us a review, give us a five star if we if we deserve it. If we deserve anything less than a five star, let us know through email, which is spiritsoddiesandmysteries at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook group. We are, you know, we getting, have a lot of fun stuff yeah. going on on there. We got a couple things like just <laughs> You get to see <laughs> it. we both uh broke eggs over each other's heads. Oh, you can go back happen. and watch those videos, a little competition, things like that. We have a lot of fun. It's going to be even more fun the more people we get on there. So that is uh, Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries group on Facebook. 
the actual page if you want to see videos and pictures to go along with the episode is at spirits oddities and mysteries on facebook and instagram twitter is spirits with an s oddity and then our patreon which is www.patreon.com forward slash spirits oddities and mysteries please check us out if you feel so inclined become a samsonite or Help us out with future endeavors. Fun, awesome stuff like, like the mystery box. Uh, I want to do the mystery box. Going ghost hunting. It's a dark web mystery box, guys. You will love this. Ghost hunting. Mystery, like these are Team legitimately potential hunting. murders that I've, took place like, in other countries or even our country, and then sent to you through the dark web for you to solve the mystery. And uh, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like you know what? It doesn't have to be a murder. It could be other well, stuff too. I, I would just rather go to haunted locations. But you love your murder box. What if it was a real yeah, murder? But that's different. They're it's not better, right? sending me some psychotic teeth stuffed in a teddy bear. I know. <laughs> like, that's so much better. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, tune in again. Uh, we're, we're probably, by the way, switching to the episodes are going to be released Saturday or Sunday. That makes it so much easier for our schedules. We won't keep falling behind. We had to find what would work for us. Hopefully that's okay for you guys. Gives you all week to listen to it on your commute. We'll be on there the for you on Monday. Or on the way home. Monday mornings won't suck anymore. Having go to the office. You just get to listen to spirits, oddities, and mysteries on your way. Enjoy and... Bow!